Good morning and a very warm welcome to this second of our services where we are as one at ten. We're delighted you've taken time to join us in this incredibly challenging time for us as a nation, as a church and across the world. One Christian writer in describing the Christian life called his book The Scattered Servants where people, Christians across the world, different gifts, different places, different times, different experiences are called to serve God where they're present. We are scattered servants. This morning we're going to gather as his scattered servants to worship, to pray, to read God's word and to ask afresh that God would fill us with his spirit as we live to serve him where we are, where we're present. We can continue to look at the book of Romans, thinking about what it means to live as God's beloved in this season of lockdown. Let me pray. God of grace, mercy and love, thank you for your promise to be with us in good times and bad. We ask you'd pour your spirit out afresh upon us this morning as we gather in your name and for your glory. Amen. Hi everyone, it's really good to be with you today, even though it's in a slightly different way from usual. Wherever you are, I hope that you are doing okay. I hope you're doing really well and that you're also taking good care of yourself um, in this uh, slightly strange time. Today I want to talk about how we are to handle our differences in Christian community and also how it's important for us as God's people to live in unity. And I think this is particularly important for us right now uh, in light of what we are currently going through. And so in, in, in this passage, Paul is dealing with division that has been caused by disagreements within the church in Rome. And the reason for the division is because the church consisted of some very different groups of people. On one hand, we have the, the Jewish Christians who observed the, the law. And on the other hand, we have the Gentile Christians who lived free from the law. And because of their differences, they became divided. And this is exactly the opposite of what Paul tells them to do. If we look at chapter 12, Paul tells the church to love one another with brotherly affection. And then in chapter 13, he says that love is the fulfillment of the law. Then in chapter 15, he says, may God help you to live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. And so we can see that that Paul's heart is for the believers in Rome to live together in unity. And that's the same for us. God's heart for us is that we would be a people who are unified in our faith. And that means that we should not be divided over our differences. And so I want to go through this, uh, this with the following two headings. The first is the danger of division. And the second is the delight of diversity. So let's look at the danger of division. It's really important that we understand that Paul here is not talking about uh, central gospel issues and he's not talking about uh, issues of morality either. He is talking about the grey areas of life. 
And he's saying that we should not be divided over matters of opinion, but instead we should accept each other in spite of our differences. That's what verse 1 says, accept the one whose faith is weak without quarrelling over disputable matters. The disagreements within the Roman church are actually quite interesting. The first is the first disagreement is over the, the Jewish food laws. We're told in verse 2 that uh, there were some Christians in the church who avoided meat, probably because they were concerned it might have been offered to idols. But then there are other Christians who understand that all food is actually clean, and they don't feel the need to restrict themselves. The other disagreement is mentioned in verse 5, and it was over whether certain days were more important than others. And again, because of their differences of opinion, they end up becoming divided. In the Old Testament, the Jews were told to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. And so it's very likely that the, the Jewish Christians here, they believe that the Sabbath was the most important day. But then for the others, it says that they consider every day alike. And so it doesn't matter which day they worship God because they can worship God every day. And so what does Paul actually say about this? He says in verse 5, uh, each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Then he goes on to say that in everything you do, do it in honour of the Lord. In other words, he's saying, follow your own conscience. Live according to your own convictions. Know where you stand, but in everything that you do, in whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. When I was in university, I got into the habit of regularly playing badminton after church on a Sunday with some friends. And I had this particular friend who would never, ever come. She'd always refused to come. And the reason was because she said that Sunday was her Sabbath. And she'd say to me, you shouldn't be playing sports on a Sunday. Sunday is the Sabbath. It's the day of rest. On Sunday, you go to church, then you go home, and you read your Bible, you sing hymns, and then you go to the evening church service. Uh, and I, I must admit that I felt slightly judged for not being, for maybe not being as devout as she was. But at the same time, you know, I was thinking, wow, that's, that's a bit legalistic. You need to chill out a bit and enjoy yourself. <laughs> and so we spent a lot of time trying to change each other. And we also criticised and looked down on the other person because we disagreed. But then what does this passage tell us? It says that we are to accept each other, that we're not to force our own convictions on other people. And we shouldn't be divided by our differences. You know, when we force a person to change their convictions or to change the way they think or behave we are actually we are actually rejecting them we are failing to accept them as as they are and that's what division essentially is now, now here, here's, here's the part of the the passage that I, I personally found really convicting when there is division amongst God's people 
We are actually rejecting someone that God has accepted. That's what it says in verse 4. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. And so if God, who is our master, has accepted someone, what right do we have to reject them? Now, the disagreements mentioned in this passage probably aren't um, very relevant to us uh, today, but there are certainly lots of other issues that we might disagree on. For instance, it might be about how we do church. We might have our own opinions on how a church service should be run. There are some of us who would like church to be lively and full of energy, but others prefer it to be more quiet and they like room for contemplation. There could be strong opinions over music or the songs that we sing during worship or the style of worship. Some of us, we love the traditional hymns, whereas others, we like the more contemporary songs. How about this? How about the way we we dress to go to church? If I just came to church one Sunday wearing t-shirt, shorts and sandals, what would you think of me? Would you still accept me or would you think, oh, he shouldn't be wearing these things. He should dress more smartly in a suit or, you know, whatever. Um, Unfortunately, uh, there are some people who end up even dividing um, over minor and peripheral theological issues. And I think when that happens, it's actually really sad. We know that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies and we, we know that Jesus, he says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so it's not by how much we know or by how sound our doctrine is. And it's not by how great our church services are or how in tune we can sing. But it's by our love for one another that the world will know that we are disciples of Jesus. And so there can be discussion There can even be disagreements, but there should never, ever be division over these issues. We are not to be divided over these things, even though we are a very different and diverse group of people. Which leads to my second point, the delight of diversity. So the other thing that I wanted to say is that diversity should be celebrated. It is a really good thing that we are all different. Yes, we are called to to unity, but that does not mean we need to all be the same. Unity is not uniformity. And, you know, it's really amazing how, as a church, we can consist of a diverse group of people, yet at the same time, we are one family in Christ. We are all unique, yet we are all made in the image of God. And because of that, we are able to show each other different things about God and learn new things about God and see things about God that we would not see if we were to be by ourselves. And so our diversity is used by God to show us more of who he is. Our diversity will even remain with us into heaven. It says in Revelation that a vast crowd from every nation, tribe, people and language will stand in front of the throne before the Lamb. 
And I think I've actually, I've had a taste of what that's going to be like during my time at university. I was a part of a very multicultural life group with people from China and Singapore and Norway and many different places uh, from around the world. And there was this this one time during during prayer when people suddenly decided to pray in their own native languages and we had no idea what, what each person was saying. But in spite of that, we still felt that there was such a strong sense of unity in the room and that was because we knew that we loved each other. And so unity is what we have been called to and diversity is something that we should celebrate. Right now, we are physically divided, not because we choose to, but because we have to. But we can still be united in one heart and one mind. We might not be able to engage with each other face to face, but we can still do things like FaceTime and pick up the phone and call each other. So let's not give up and let's not be discouraged and let's continue to keep each other in prayer. I want to finish by just sharing something I've recently read and I hope this um, will encourage you like it encouraged me. It has been so encouraging to see churches continue in worship, serving the vulnerable, loving the stranger and praying for our world in these uncertain times. This is what walking the way is all about. God in the everyday, even when the everyday looks very different. Churches are not being closed. Buildings are being closed. You are the church and you are to remain open. Father God, we praise you today for your creativity, for creating people as unique individuals and yet each one different. Thank you that through Christ, each one of us is accepted by you and brought into loving relationship with you as members of your family. We pray that as a church family, you might protect us from division and that we might be united in our love of you and our love of each other and together celebrate and rejoice in our differences. At a time when we cannot physically be all together, may we know your love and the power of your spirit drawing us close to you and equipping us to become more like Jesus. Whatever we do, may we do it all for your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. As we worship together across the city scattered in this new way, we have some other resources to help us in our worship. If you didn't receive the email with those resources, you can find them on our website by going to www.stswithenswalcott.org.uk forward slash talks, where you will find a whole pattern for our worship this morning, including some questions that you could discuss as a household or reflect on in quiet on your own. There are creative suggestions for how to pray or how to respond. There are a couple of simple songs that you can sing along to or simply listen to. And for all other updates on the life of the church, please visit www.stswithenswalcott.org.uk forward slash news.